Keon Coleman committed to Florida State, and he was a very good option at wide receiver. But he was not the last option. We'll explain. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Please subscribe there, comment, and all of that good stuff. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I hope everybody is having a really good day. Yesterday, Keon Coleman committed to Florida State, and he was a good wide receiver. His his is a loss. It, it just is what it is. And Florida State right now is probably going to be a – top five level team, and win the ACC. That, that's probably what this signing means for them. So don't hear anything that I say as saying that he is not a good player or that he is a loss. Because while he was an option at wide receiver, he was not the last option. And there was the reason that we was competing with Florida State to begin with. But Rumors started to come in. I started to hear on my DMs every imaginable scenario under the sun. From he was going to Ole Miss, he's doing this, to he's going to Florida State, to NIL was involved. There's stuff all over the place. Literally everything that you can think of that would happen with the recruitment was brought up about him. And my thought is, well... If he just wanted to go to Florida State, he just wanted to go to Florida State. If he didn't want to come to Ole Miss, he would have come to Ole Miss. If it was about NIL, it's not really any of my business. But if Ole Miss is in a position to where NIL is kind of too much of a drag, if they can't swim in certain waters, I think that's problematic. And that raises another question about how many support, how many sports we want to fully fund. We talked about this a couple of days back. But I do think, and I'm going to talk about this over the next two segments, that this isn't the last options for Ole Miss. You're starting to hear rumors about Zachary Franklin. And you saw this from, I think it was On3 posted this, about him, um, Coleman being committed to Florida State. So where does Ole Miss turn to now? Look no further than All-American UTSA wide receiver Zachary Franklin. Rebels have expressed interest and might be turning up the heat soon. So we'll see exactly what happens. Now, in the second segment of the show, we're going to talk about the passing zones and show what Jackson Dart, where he sits, and then we'll compare Keon Coleman and Takari Franklin. We're going to kind of put some data behind what I'm saying. And it isn't just a sour grapes type thing to where we weren't interested in him to begin with because we obviously were interested in Keon Coleman or else we wouldn't have gone all in on him. But he's going to Florida State, and good luck to him. This will be the last time that you hear me talk about him because I'm thankful that he is going outside the Southeastern Conference and that Ole Miss has not got to worry about seeing him in the future. So it is what it is. Good luck to him. Good luck to Florida State Seminole fans. And if you are turning in to check it, reaction to this commitment and everything, you can probably cut off now because we're going to talk about Zachary Franklin, compare him to Keon Coleman, and what Jackson Dart does. So... We'll talk about that in the second segment. But Zachary Franklin is rated by, I think, 24-7 as the number nine wide receiver in the country, period. Not transfer portal, country. A list that um, Keon Coleman was not even on, by the way. 
which honestly, they're two different types of wide receivers, but he's an enormously effective player. He is somebody that is 6'1", 185, and his, let's see, his snap counts of the total plays and everything's going on, he graded out really well down the middle of the field. We're going to talk about that in the middle. He catches 80 passes he has for the last couple of years. He has really smooth hands, really effortlessly catches the ball. Think A.J. Brown, the way he looked catching the football. It's really easy for him. Now, occasionally he can drop a football, but so could A.J. But this receiver has a chance to really make right. The reason that Ole Miss went after Keon Coleman first before Zachary Franklin is because Keon Coleman did it in the Big Ten. And the other hand, Zachary Franklin, who is an immensely talented wide receiver, who you will see very soon, did it at UTSA in Conference USA for the Roadrunners down there with Jeff Trailer. The offense is fantastic. But watch his highlights on YouTube. I think I'm going to try and link it um, to this video that you're watching. There will be some kind of a link up top. Or something like that. We'll, we'll we'll try and do that as well, so that somebody people can click off of it and say, "Hey, okay, this is what he's talking about. This is what he saw." But I was very impressed with the type of player, and that's the beauty of the transfer portal. There's not an end all be all player. There's going to be players that on social media they want to go all in on, and, and that's the same thing they did with Keon Coleman because it's fun. That's the reason they do that. It's a kind of a way for them to point their flag one way or another. and But that isn't exactly how it works. What, what it is, you have four or five players that will fit exactly what you do and be at a level that you need for your offense. And then you rank them, one through five. And you start going through that list until there's nobody left on there or you get your guy. That is the way this works. And this is important for Ole Miss. We talk about Zachary Franklin because they also lost Brandon Buckhalter, who was the player this spring that was the underclassman that was generating buzz because of his relationship with Walker Howard. So you lose Keon Coleman, who ne you never really had, other than uh, two days of people talking noise on Twitter. But you lose Brandon Buckhalter, who was actually a legit piece. If you didn't get Keon Coleman you could have maybe counted on Branding Buckhalter to continue to make a step. It looks like Buckhalter is going to UAB, by the way. So when we come back, we are going to talk about Jackson Dart, Zachary Franklin, and Keon Coleman, and we're going to do zones. So you can visualize exactly where they do damage and exactly why I am just as excited about Zachary Franklin as I would be about Keon Coleman even though they are different type wide receivers, but they help Jackson Dart in the same area of the field. I've said this for three months, even before we knew about Zachary Franklin, even before we knew about Keon Coleman. We knew that Ole Miss needed to be effective here, and we'll show you exactly how that is happening as well. Just want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird dogs. Let's see. There we go. It is the most comfortable shorts that you will ever wear, period. 
As you, many of you know, I had brain surgery in 2019. And part of that is the doctor ordered me to walk all, basically all the time. I'm essentially like a shark. Movement needs to be constant. Because the less I exercise, the less I walk, the worse my balance gets. Because as a side effect of the surgery, I lost half of my balance. So I needed to go out and walk. And if any of you have ever walked around and had to deal with shorts that weren't quite right for walking, you can know how much that would hurt and how much that would chafe and all the things that could go wrong. Well, bird dogs, it isn't like that at all. It's simply the most comfortable shorts that you will ever wear. I'm sure the pants are the same way. You should try them out as well. But the shorts I know about, they sent me shorts. They said, hey, Steve, here you go. Go out and walk in these. Try these out. Tell us what you think. And they were the most comfortable shorts I've ever put on and walked around in. Basically, I've got two pairs of gym shorts because that's what I wanted them to send because of what I do. But they they have khakis and things like that for every occasion. You can go out and play golf in them. They are actually really, really fun. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, that's all one word, they'll custom a cut throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order. That's locked on college, all one word. You will not regret this. In fact, I guarantee you after you do this and get them, there will be somebody in the comments saying thank you. I almost guarantee that. It's unreal um, how comfortable these shorts are. It's amazing. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first and listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Let's see. Tomorrow on the show, we will have Tom Vanderford, and we will continue our segment talking about football and everything else that is going on as well around Ole Miss football. Hopefully, Stephon Wynn commits today, so that'll be on tomorrow's show if he does. But we still have players that are in the well that we are waiting for it to pop off. It isn't all about Keon Coleman, and we'll tell you about that in just a second. Anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Your team every day is our mantra. Anyway, so I wanted to talk about zones and what these receivers do well and why I am talking about them, okay? Now, if you remember from Monday's show, these are the zones that we put up about Jackson Dart. And you look at it, and you know what? It's just not very good in the middle of the field. Look at that top zone between the numbers, 10 of 33, 446 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, 61% or 61.7 NFL passer rating. Middle zone. 27 of 56, that is below 50%. 510 yards, three touchdowns, five interceptions, 60.9% NFL passer rating. Interesting, right? Interesting looking at this. Because you can actually see the hole in the game. Because you look at the right side of the field. 128.2 NFL passer rating, 90% passer rating, 98, 112, solid numbers all over the field except for those two things which are very important. You know why they're very important? Because the strength of our team is going to reside there this season. 
period. And you have Trey Harris, who is good to affect the free safety. He's a good wide receiver. He's an all-conference USA wide receiver. Kari Franklin would be the other, if you're being completely honest about it. But his role will be to keep that free safety from cheating down to the middle of the field because we want to clear out bodies out of the middle of the field. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how that goes. Now, the reason we liked Keon Coleman, here are his zones. Look in the middle of the field. Four target or four receptions, eight targets, NFL passer rating. Um, when targeted, 95.8. Down below 118. Good player. That is the reason I was so excited about Keon Coleman and the reason Ole Miss was going all in to get him. It fills a need that Ole Miss was trying to, to protect, I guess, to to emphasize in the future. They knew they were going to have to try the middle of the field. They need a ball player that can handle that outside of Michael Trigg and Cater Priestcorn. Somebody that you can send in there that has the body to do it. And Keon Coleman is a six foot four wide receiver, and his body could absolutely handle it. But when you look at Zachary Franklin, look at those NFL ratings between the numbers. Two receptions on four targets, two touchdowns. NFL rating, 135. If you go down to the other one, 10 receptions on 15 targets, 237 yards, one TD, no interceptions, 131 NFL passing rating. That's both of them over 130 in these zones of the field that I think Ole Miss needs to attack. It's not rocket science. This is what the portal is for. It is about trying to fill in weaknesses and make them stronger. If you have a weakness in a certain part of the field, you bring in people that can make that better. And Zachary Franklin is a receiver that can do that. And if you look at him catch the ball, if you watch his highlights on YouTube, he is a special guy, and he also has a little bit of, little bit of um, wiggle and such to where he can make plays against almost anybody. Catches the ball well in traffic. I do not know how he is about contested catches, but I think he's pretty good at it. If you look at his highlights, there were some, some pretty close contested catches that he made. So it'll be interesting to follow Zachary Franklin for the next couple of days, weeks, however long it takes. And his recruitment is about to blow up. We had big boy recruitments with Keon Coleman. This one has a chance to be a big boy recruitment. Colorado is going to get involved. They just do. Every transfer they get involved with. Oregon is going to get involved probably. This is going to become more of a big boy type recruitment the longer it goes on. I figure this will be settled sometime in the next few days to weeks, but who knows? If he is serious and he visits Oxford, I think it will make all the difference in the world. Period. I like Zachary Franklin. I also liked Keon Coleman. I think both of them could do a decent job in the position that we're asking. Because remember, remember this. The number one player on that offense is already there. That's Quinshawn Judkins, the number one running back in college football. Then you have two tight ends that are in the top ten. The middle of the field are go- is going to be important. You need to figure out to, how to exploit that the best way possible, whether it is Jackson Dart or whether it is Spencer Sanders or even Walker Howard, especially now that Brandon Buckhalter has bailed on the program as well. All right, when we come back, we are going to have Derek Vandegrift talking about Ole Miss baseball 
one more time. We are trying to speak into existence. Jacob Gonzalez to the Tigers. Well, I am. I don't think, I don't think Derek wants that very much, but I kind of do because the Tigers, they're my dudes. They just are. So anyway, stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So go to YouTube, subscribe, comment, upvote. All of that good stuff will make us very happy. Also, join our subtext community. We don't get info very often, but when we do, we put it there. Um, Nothing else. Just view it as a tip if you like the videos. I mean, it's not that much money. Um, So I'm here with Derek Vandegrift for, honestly, it's our baseball season exit interview, really. How you doing, Derek? Yeah. Man, hanging in there. How about you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Pretty well. I'm I'm in the process of willing Jacob Gonzalez to go to the Detroit Tigers. I'm trying to speak yeah. that into existence. Yeah, yeah. What what pick do y'all have going into this year? Three. Three. Okay. Well, yeah, there's there's definitely a chance there. Yeah, Jacob's had a great year. Uh who whoever ends up with him is gonna be incredibly happy especially he's he's progressed as a shortstop uh, uh defensively more than anything i think's what's really helped him we all knew he could hit the ball and uh but yeah sit, sitting right there at three i think y'all definitely have a shot at him there you know if y'all want him then then i think he's going to be there for the taking with uh you know obviously Cruz and skeins going one and two i'd i'd be pretty shocked if that wasn't the case yeah and they've kind of um the mocks i've seen out there is white and langford is the number yeah. three guy. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that too. Yeah. Mm. Uh but but look, Jake would be a good fit for y'all too though. That'll kind of run the course of the Javi Baez uh, uh contract, you know, that he signed a couple years ago with Detroit and let let uh Jacob get down the minors, get ready for, you know, what I think he's got three years left on that contract, Baez does something like that. So uh yeah, yeah, go go ahead and bring him in, put him down there and you know, he's a he's a superstar waiting to happen in Detroit, that's for sure. What's I can't remember can't remember what his name is, um, but it's Peyton something. The shortstop from Oklahoma last year. Stovall. Stovall. He's an A-ball. He's an A-ball um, with Detroit right yeah. now. So that's – I think that might be a detriment to them taking a high pick on Jacob Gonzalez because they already – because that kid that kid was legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's real good now. But one thing with Jacob is, especially early on in his career, this this year – was really the first time people thought he might actually stick to shortstop. Everybody thought he was going to end up at third base at the major league level because of uh, just just how much he was going to end up growing into his frames. He does have a pretty big frame for shortstop. So, you know, just go ahead and draft him, throw him over on the hot corner, and, you know, you'll have Stovall and Gonzalez for the next decade, and y'all can run things with Torque over there at first base and, uh, you know, see if Casey Mize and those guys can get going at some point. Yeah, and Justin Henry Malloy, and this is somebody from the Braves organization back in the day that you might be familiar with. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, he's he's got seven or eight home runs this year, and he's hitting about four hundred in AAA. So, yeah, he, he's okay. having a, yeah, he's having a good start. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when when you're on that kind of heater, you might as well just bring them up and ride it out. You know, I I want that hot bat in the majors than more than I do in the minors. So, uh, you know, it's going to cool off at some point, so it might as well count for me. That's right. Anyway, just looking back on this season, it's just a, been a weird year. And, I mean, there's certain players like Calvin Harris and Jacob Gonzalez and Kemp Alderman that will forever be attached to Ole Miss baseball and be thought highly of. But uh-huh. it, it's just with all the injuries and everything, it's just been a weird year, right? Yeah, yeah it really has. You know, I was uh, 
thinking about that today, just, uh, you know, how, how many pitching injuries we ended up having. I know we've talked about it over and over and over again throughout the year on here. But, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of injuries on the pitching staff. You know, uh, you, you saw a lot of guys that you didn't think you would see a lot of coming into this year. But because of that, you know, uh, Morrell, you know, him and Braden Jones uh, pitched a heck of a lot out of the bullpen for us, which probably wasn't the plan going into the year, uh, you know, pre-Mallet's injury and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of like you said, though those those three guys, their their uh, legacies kind of locked in and Ole Miss baseball history forever with what they did the run to Omaha. And uh, quite frankly, they all three had really really good years. Kemp Alderman maybe having the best year that nobody's talked about all year because of the way the season has gone. He's he, he's been absolutely incredible. So um, really happy for him. I know he's going to have a big time come draft time. Him and Gonzalez and Harris going to end up getting a shot too. So uh, I think what's going to be really interesting though, seeing what maybe some of these guys, if, if some of them decide to come back, not, not those three, but uh, you know, somebody like Ethan Groff that has a year left, you know, or would you be able to use NIL to possibly entice him to, come back from the draft, you know, instead of going pro, uh, stuff like that, which, which stuff we don't really have the answers to because, you know, we haven't really seen this yet. Uh, it kind of just started getting going a little bit last year. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe some things like that. If, if Groff's able to come back, uh, if you're able to get some NIL money for him, uh, maybe Leger, if you talk him into coming back, I know he's got another year of eligibility. He really came on as of late. Uh, here in the latter part of the season, played a really good third base and was really swinging it well. Those would be two really good bats. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be interesting, and we're all going to kind of learn it together, though, right? You know, no nobody has these answers. Nobody knows what these kinds of things cost. And, uh, you know, so you've just got to tap into your war chest, see what you can do, see if some of these guys can stick around for you to, to give you a little, a little bit better foundation uh, going into next year, especially on the offensive side of the balls, I think we have a really, really good one on the on the mound with with the freshmen that got all the experience they did this year. So that part's going to be really fun to watch. And then you know this offseason draft guys and and not even guys that are on your team, but also high school players too. There's you know there's some people that that end up going a little later in drafts that uh, that it, that are able to get a little bit of money because teams save slots. For, for those kind of guys later on in the draft. So if you're able to work up enough NIL money for them too to get them to campus. So that's all going to be really interesting to see how it unfolds as the offseason goes on. Yeah, and we'll have a, another baseball show with you back on talking about post-draft, how it stands, and mm -hmm. it, it, who, who, who burned Ole Miss, who surprised Ole yeah. Miss, things like that. Like so that. what – okay, we have Kramer. We have Will Furness. Furness. Yep. Leger Groff. Uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, tell me other players that we might not be thinking about for next year. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, Joe Dudelmark, right? I mean, he he played a good bit for us this year before he hurt his shoulder diving into to home plate to walk off Georgia there uh, there at Swayze Field. So uh, you know, you 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 hadn't seen him the last couple of weeks because of that shoulder injury or, or collarbone, whatever it ended up being. I don't think you'll see him this weekend either. I'm pretty sure you won't. But uh, but yeah, he he was another impressive freshman we saw this year. You know, he's got a lot of growing up to do as far as uh, 
be, being able to recognize pitches coming out of the hand, laying off that slider, going away from him and, and swing and miss. It's a lot like Kemp Alder in his freshman year. You know, it, he really struggled with that when he first came in. Then he showed back up as a sophomore, and he was a lot better at it. And then, obviously, this year he was able to recognize it immediately. And, you know, if it was outside zone, he was able to let it go. And if it was over the plate, he hit it 550-something feet every single time. It was uh, so, you know, you, you kind of expect that kind of progression with these freshmen going along. I think Udermark's going to be really good for us going forward. So, uh, you know, and then and then a guy we saw uh, last weekend, Bo Gatlin, you know, uh, it, I, I'd kind of forgotten about him being on the team. But, uh, you know, I, I thought he played pretty well for us. So, you know, but but that's something that Mike and the guys have to figure out, all these young guys that, that didn't necessarily contribute this year when we struggled as much. Is that because – they weren't ready, and and but but they were able to progress throughout the year, and they're going to be ready for us next year. Or do they need to go out and start filling in holes via the transfer portal, uh, and and incoming guys from high school, whether that or whether it be high school, JUCO, whatever recruiting. Uh, but but yeah, there's a lot of evaluation going to go on here in the next several weeks with uh, Mike and the staff, and uh, I'm I'm sure they'll end up you know do doing what's best for Ole Miss baseball. It's what they always do. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. We'll talk about the portal in just a second. But whenever you were going through your, you know, talking about the returning players and things like that, who's mm -hmm. somebody that we need to keep an eye on if they, if they go to the Cape or playing summer ball? What, what are a couple of names that we need to pay attention to? Yeah, I mean, the first one that comes to mind for me is Will Furness, just because I've I've been so impressed with him his freshman year. You know, he, he ended up hitting over 300 in SEC plays, a true freshman. That's an incredible feat. Uh, and, and obviously with his pedigree with his dad at LSU and everything, you know, but uh, yeah, uh, I think that, that he's one of the guys that, that, that can really perform when he goes out there and, and Kramer's another one. I've, I've always been impressed with him. He, he played a good bit for us last year and uh, you know, he's, he started getting regular bats here towards the end of the year this year. He's, he's one of the guys that just hits the ball really hard, you know, and, and if he's able to recognize the pitches and, and zero in on a single pitch in a single location, work counts and and end up getting the pitch that he wants he, he he can really hit the ball hard and we saw that a couple times already this year and several times last year so that's one guy that i'm actually really excited about going into the summer league and all that because i think he's a guy that can really take a jump for us next year all right so let's talk about the transfer portal we have not really seen what the transfer portal can do for baseball we've seen it now in mm -hmm. basketball we've seen it now in football because we have the portal king over there yeah. coach yo's doing yeoman's work in the portal this yeah, is going to be mike right. bianco's time because it has to be done what should we pay yeah. attention for in the transfer portal what are we looking for well yeah i think the the biggest thing is what it's going to cost to actually play in the transfer portal that's again something that people don't really know right now uh you know last year you had guys like paul skeens in into lsu tommy white and you know there's obviously talk about what they've spent in NIL wise building this roster down at LSU and uh you know but but that's the thing you you've got to figure out NIL wise what do you have what's available and what's it going to cost for you to go in and and, and play in those waters right uh and and also what's going to be available we right now we just don't know what's going to be available you've got some guys hopping in already but you know a lot of high level guys that that are on these really good teams they're not going to hop in until their season's done well you know you still got conference tournaments regional super regionals and then omaha so uh 
right now. We don't know what all's out there right now, uh, but I can assure you that Ole Miss will be hot and heavy on probably some back end of the bullpen arms. Uh, there's talks of a kid from Kansas State that's really, really good, their closure of him getting in the portal. Uh, you know, now whether Ole Miss is going to be able to compete NIL-wise or whatever to get him, I don't know because I'm sure they have more pressing needs as they're going to have to replace so many bats, and that's what you got to go look for right now. You know, was, so we just talked about you return uh, Kramer and, and Furnace and Udermark, and hopefully you can figure out a way to get Groff or Leje back, something like that, but you still got to have, you know, uh, catcher, second base, shortstop, and at least two outfield spots probably. So uh, there's a lot of holes to fill, and it's it's going to be really interesting just see who ends up getting in the portal and, and whether or not we're going to be able to get enough of those guys in. And and also how you break down your NIL to, to get all of these guys, right? Like do, do you want to go all in on – uh, you know, two big bats and then use the rest to kind of fill it in, or do you want to spread it out a little more evenly and get, uh, you know, a, a more consistent player at, at more positions? Uh, but that's all the stuff that, that, that Mike and the guys are going to have to figure out, and it's really the first time they're going to have to figure it out because they they were so far behind last year with the postseason run we ended up having. And then Mike, when he got back, ended up going to the Netherlands to coach Team USA and all that, right? So uh, now they've got a little more time to – to kind of sit down, get a plan together, and and I'm sure they're working on that and have been working on that for for a little bit now, wondering what their strategy is going to be. And uh, <clears throat> something else that needs to happen, really, the the major league draft needs to get pulled up a little bit, or the transfer window for college baseball needs to get pushed back. Um, the draft's not till July 9th, you know, and these guys are going to start jumping in the portal and making decisions, and coaches have to make decisions before they even know whether some of their incoming guys from high school are going to end up jumping to the end to, to the major leagues via the draft. And also a little bit with uh, some of your current guys too, you know, some of them are going to end up going, you know, Ole Miss kind of ran into this a little bit last year when Nick Pogue, the kid from Florida, the starting pitcher, we ended up picking up through transfer portal. He just up and signs a, a undrafted free agent contract, you know, with the Phillies, I think it was out of nowhere. Um, and, and so that was just one less spot that we had at that point. So, which, which I'm sure that's something that they'll probably end up working out at some point, whether they pull the draft up and get it off all-star weekend, uh, or if they push the transfer window back a little bit for baseball to give these, these coaches a little bit better idea of what their roster is going to look like. Cause right now you're just kind of totally guessing. Yeah. And Ole Miss traditionally, like, at shortstop, they just assign a super shortstop as a freshman. He plays yeah. three years, and they just repeat the cycle. Yeah, goes yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Jacob Gonzalez going to get drafted high in the first round. Who is that next mm -hmm. super shortstop? Yeah, I'm. I'm not real sure quite yet, quite yet. Uh, you know, I don't know if we go through the portal if they have. Uh, you know, a guy coming in through through the high school ranks haven't delved into the recruiting quite yet. Uh, but that's definitely something I'm going to end up doing. So, uh, but but definitely interested. To dive in, see see what what we end up having coming in. I'm 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 sure they have a dude coming in through high schools. That's just what they always do at shortstops and catchers and. Then they just figure out where to play them from there, right? That's just, that's just kind of their recruiting mo. You you get catchers and and shortstop. Shortstops use the most athletic players on their high school teams anyway, and then you find somewhere to play them. So uh, I'm I'm sure they got some guys coming in. Uh, like I said, I'll end up diving into that here in the weeks coming up, and and see who that heir parent's going to be, and see who's going to have that blonde hair next year. 
Yeah, if they do that again. Well, I guess they need to go back. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll have, let's see, it's Thursday. It might, I think Tom maybe. Um, we'll, we'll continue to talk about football as the last series gets underway as a Thursday series. So we'll talk yeah. about that as well. So for Derek Vandegrift, I'm Stephen Willis. Thank you very much. We will see you next time. Thank you, Derek. All right, thanks. Hi, Toddy. Howdy, Toddy.